we were doing the history of the Mishkan of the Beis Hamikdash generally in the three weeks is a time that we mourn the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. So we focus on the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash. Now, before the Beis Hamikdash was built in Yerushalayim, first we had the Mishkan. This is just a little bit of revision on what we did last week that the Mishkan had a number of places that it was. First, they were in the desert in the Midbar for 39 years. Then upon coming to Israel, the Mishkan was in Gilgal for 14 years. Then they built a structure in Shiloh, which was there for 369 years, which is referred to as Menucha in the Chumash. During the time of the Mishkan in Shiloh, you were not allowed to make a private Mizbeach in your backyard. During the time of Gilgal, you were. After Shiloh was destroyed by the Plishtim, they were in, they had the Boma Gedoyla, the main Mishkan, in 13 years in Naiv and 44 years in giving. During those 57 years, again, it was permissible to make a private Mizbeach. So altogether, there were 71 years where it was permissible for a person to make a Mizbeach in his front yard, in his backyard. The 14 of Gilgal and the 13 of Noiv and the 44 of giving. Then it was the first base Hamikdash. And after the first base Hamikdash, you were never again allowed to make a private Mizbeach. Today, even though the base Hamikdash has been destroyed, it is prohibited to make a private Mizbeach. The first base Hamikdash was 410 years. And the second base Hamikdash, which was first base Hamikdash, was destroyed by the Babylonians. The second base Hamikdash was 420 years and was destroyed by the Romans. Okay, that we did last year and we did the Rambam on that. I want to just go last week. I want to just go where we were up to. Last week, we were in the middle of the history of the Mishkan in Shiloh. So we're going to go a bit further. And we are up to the Mishkan in Shiloh. We have an amazing story about the Mishkan in Shiloh about Elkanah, who was the father of Shmuel Hanavi. Elkanah would visit Shiloh four times a year. Now, generally, there is a mitzvah to be to go to Yerushalayim or Shiloh or wherever the Mishkan is three times a year, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. And Elkanah and his family would go a fourth time as voluntary. Elkanah would encourage many Jewish people to visit Shiloh. And there was a whole setup of Elkanah of how he encouraged Jews to visit Shiloh. Men and women were encouraged by Elkanah would remain separate and we'll soon see from Tana Devei Eliyahu Rabo. Tana Devei Eliyahu is a sefer that's written by, mentioned in the Gemara, written by Rav Onon, which is private shiurim that Rav Onon had from Eliyahu Hanovi. There are two parts to Tana Devei Eliyahu. There's Tana Devei Eliyahu Rabo and Tana Devei Eliyahu Zuta. The most of it, Four fifth, more than 80% is called Then there was an incident that Rav Onan took some money, which was touched on a bribe. It wasn't halakhically a bribe, but still. And because of this, Eliyahu Novi stopped coming to me faster and he davened. And then Eliyahu Novi started coming again. And, but Rav Onan would be scared and he would have to be in a box. This is all the Gemara in Ksubis. And then he, the, the teachings of Eliyahu Novi at the end of his life, are in Tana Devei Eliyahu Zuta. So in any case, Tana Devei Eliyahu, which we mention every day 
after Enkelikainu, Tana de Veilio, Kongashina, Halochis, Pafalyoim. So Tana de Veilio has Elkanah's experience in Shinoi. A direct quote now from Tana de Veilio. Elkanah Hoya Oilan, the Shinoi, Arbo, Pomim Bashona. Elkanah would go up to Shinoi, which was like the equivalent of Yerushalayim, that's where the Mishkan was for 369 years. And Elkanah would go to Shinoi four times a year. There were three that are a Torah obligation. And one that Elkanah took on himself as a donation that he would visit the, the Mishkan and Shinoi every year, an extra one. Shenemar, as we have a Pasuk in Shmuel, this man would go up once a year, and this is once a year in addition to the three times that are obligated, to bow down, and to make korbanis for Hashem b'shinoi. Allah Elkanah, Elkanah went up to Shinoi, v'ishtoi with his wife, Ubonav, and his sons, Ubnei Beisai, and his family, v'echav, and his brothers, v'achyoisav, and his sisters. Elkanah was a wealthy, influential man. V'chol kroivav hoyu oilin imay. All his relatives would go with him. The Omar Lohem, and he would tell his relatives to encourage them to go. Learn from the Knanim, learn from the Goyim. They make a whole ceremony for their Avedazarah. They are nothing, they are meaningless, and still they make such a ceremony out of it. How much more so that we as Jews, have to put great emphasis on going to the Mishkan, the Beis Hamikdash, to go up to visit by the Oroin. The Oroin represents the living God. May his name be blessed forever and ever. So Elkanah would encourage Jews to go to Shilin. Omar Lohem, Elkanah would say to them, Elkanah would say to them, everybody should go up with him. And when they went up with him, on the way, Elkanah with his family, with his friends, would come in Melbourne or wherever it is, they would find where is the best place to lodge in the main street in the most Jewish area, on Hotham Street, on Belaclava Road, the most Jewish area. And they would lodge outside. They would sleep one area for men. And the goal was as they would go through a city and spend the night lodging in the main street to try to encourage the locals of that city to join them on the trip to Shilai. The man would speak to the man. They had the area where the men slept, where men were encouraged to come. And women with women. And they would speak to children. And the whole city would get all noisy. You got this big group of people sleeping in the middle of Hotham Street. They would ask them, where are you guys going? And Elkanah and his people would say, we are going. We are going to the house of God in Shilai. From there comes Torah and good deeds. 
Everybody knows the passage, of course, Tzion refers to Yerushalayim, but prior to the Beis HaMikdash, when the Mishkan was in Shile, Tzion referred to Shile. So from there comes Toyo Masim Toyim, Viatam Lamale Savayu Imanu. Why don't you go with us? Let's go together. The locals of that city would start crying. And they would say, Tell Kana and his family, We will go up with you. He did this again. He told them again. He would get again and again until they agreed to go up. The next year, by the next year, Elkanah had five families, not just his own family, but the second year there were five families taking this pilgrimage. I'm just going to mute people in case of any noise for the next year, but you can unmute yourself if there's any uh, need to ask a question. The next year, by the third year, they had 10 families. By the fourth year, they all got all excited. Lalis to go up, he would go up with him. By the fourth year, he had 60 families. Every year, as Elkanah would go from his city to Shiloh, he would go on a different route to sleep on the street in different cities to get more and more Jews to go to Shiloh. He got all the Jewish people going to Shiloh. Elkanah got all the Jewish people to merit by going to Shiloh with enthusiasm. He educated them to do mitzvahs. And many merited through Elkanah. Now, the Mishkan in Shiloh was there during Elkanah's days, during Shmuel's days. It was eventually destroyed by the Plishtim, the Philistines, when the sons of Eli HaKoyin took the Orin to battle. During the 57 years between Shiloh and the Beis HaMikdosh, it was permissible to make a private Mizbeach. That's during the years that the Mishkan was in Noiv and Giving. Now, now we're going to leave the Mishkan and move to the Orin. The Orin, which is the holiest part of the Mishkan of the Beis HaMikdosh, was built, of course, together with the rest of the Mishkan by B'tzalel. How B'tzalel built the Orin, the Pasuk and Parsha Truma says, it should be coated with gold. The orange should be made of atzei shitim, which is a kind of a cedar wood of some sort. Tenenboim in Yiddish it's called, but in any case, it's a kind of a cedar. And it should be coated with gold from inside and outside. So how did B'tzalel? B'tzalel was a 13-year-old architect, a great-grandson of Kalev ben Yifune, who was chosen to lead the building of the Orin, and this is from Rashi. There were three Arainis that Betzalel made. Two of gold, one of wood. The outside one is gold, the inside one is gold, and the middle one is wood. Each one of them has four walls and a bottom. They are open on top. Nasan shall eats beside shall zov. Betzalel put a wooden orin inside a gold one. There was the big gold one. The wood went in it, and then shall zov the smaller gold one. 
v'soich shel eitzin, the wooden one, v'chipos v'asayal yoyne b'zav, and then he covers the top with gold. Nimtzom mitzupa mibayis umichutz, so the gold is, it's the wood is covered with gold on all sides, and that's from a Gemara in Yuma. Now, B'tzalel actually changed the order that Hashem said. Because if you look in Parsha Truma, Hashem says to make first an Oroin, and the Kalim, the Oroin, the Shulchan, the Menorah, and then to make the Mishkan. B'tzalel first made the Mishkan, and then made the Oroin, and the Shulchan, and the Menorah. Why is he called B'tzalel? Because of his wisdom, B'tzalel Kalim, he's in the shadow of Hashem. When Hashem told Moshe, go tell B'tzalel, make a Mishkan, Moshe went and changed the order because Hashem said, make first the Mishkan and then the Oren V'Kalim. Moshe changed the order and he said, make the Oren V'Kalim and the Mishkan. Amar Lai, says to Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, our teacher, the custom of the world is, Adam first you build your house, you build the house and then you buy the furniture, you don't buy the furniture before you have a house to put it. And you are telling me, I say, first make an Adam Bekelem and then a Mishkan? That doesn't work. Because if I do it your way, but Samuel says to Moshe, Kalim Shaniyosa, the vessels that I will make, Leheichon Achnisim, where can I put them? Doesn't make sense. You have to build first the structure and then have where to put the furniture. Shem Maybe God really told you, I say Mishkan not in Maybe you got the order wrong, Moshe. Maybe the order was supposed to be the Mishkan first. Amar Leisa, Moshe says, you know, but Samuel, you're right. That's exactly what Hashem said. Maybe you were in the shadow of Hashem. You must have overheard Hashem speaking to me. Because Hashem really told me, as you say, Hashem told me first the Mishkan. You must know. But Rav Yehuda Marav says, B'tzalel knows how to put together the letters of, with creation. The heaven and the earth, B'dvar Hashem Shomayim Nasu, Hashem with Hashem's word, heaven and earth were built. They're all built with the letters of Hashem. And B'tzalel was able to look at any item in the world and see how it was created. It says here by B'tzalel, He was filled with the spirit of Hashem, with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. <coughs> and there's a Pasuk elsewhere. Hashem <coughs> Hashem through wisdom. And founded the land So basically, uh, the idea of Tfuna and Das is mentioned by creation. So B'tzalel was able to identify the letters of creation which each item was created. But Rabbi Yechanan says, Hashem gives wisdom to a person who already has wisdom. B'tzalel was on his own a brilliant guy and Hashem gave him extra wisdom to succeed in making the Mishkan. Shenemar, it says, there's a Pesach in Doniel, Yohiv Hashem gives wisdom to those who are already wise. 
Hashem gives knowledge to those who have understanding. So B'Tzalel was a brilliant guy, and then Hashem gave him extra knowledge to be able to build the Mishkan. We said B'Tzalel changed the order. Hashem agreed with B'Tzalel. Um, actually, we did that already. Okay, what was in the Orin? And a mayor says the Orin included the Luchas and the Sefer Torah. Rabbi Gordon, could I interrupt yes. for a moment? Please. Uh, wh why did Moshe change the order? I don't know. Oh, right. Okay. Can't answer. Right. I'm sure it has a reason, but I don't have a clue. Right. Thank you. Was it by accident? Was it on purpose? Must have a reason. There must be some that we learn from the order. Maybe these things are the more important ones, but I'm just guessing. Maybe the goal of the Mishkan was the Oran. That was the highlight, the objective. So Moshe Rabbeinu actually projected onto that, and Betzalel said what was practical. Yeah, I would he, think he, so. He Even though it says the goal of the Mishkan is also a bias muchan lekarbonis, but still it's the Mizbeach, which the Mizbeach is actually mentioned later. But you see, when we daven, we daven towards the Orin, towards the Kaidish Kadashim, and towards the Orin. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Okay, so what is in the Yarin? The mayor says it's the Luchais and the Sefer Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Rabbi Yehuda says the Luchais and Beis Amudei Kesef, two pillars of silver, as well as the Shivrei HaLuchais, the broken Luchais, which are in the Yarin under the Luchais. There's also the Argos. There was a special box at the Plishtim. When the Plishtim captured the Yarin in the days of the sons of Eli, and they had they sent it back with this box, that was put Munach they put next to the Yarin and the Sefer Torah, According to Rabbi Yehuda, the Sefer Torah was on the Aragos, on the box of the Plishtim. Who carried the Aragos? Usually it was Levium carrying the Aragos, but there was twice that Kayanim carried the Aragos. One is when they crossed the Yardin, which is on Yud Nisan, the year 2488, and by the capture of Yericho. The capture of Yericho, they, it was seven days that they surrounded Yericho, which at least according to Taisus, I'm not sure of all opinions, is right after Pesach, it was from the 22nd to the 28th of Nisan, and the wall of Yerichai fell on the 28th of Nisan. So during the time, the circle in Yerichai, the Kainim carried it. The Arain helped split the Yardin, which is the Jordan River. Now, the Kainim, as mentioned in Tanakh and say for Yeshua, the Kainim put their foot in the Yardin, in the Jordan River, the Yardin split, and all the Jewish people crossed the Yardin. The Jewish, the Jewish people are now all on the West Bank. The Kayanim and the Arain are still on the East Bank. The water goes back and flows. Now the Arain lifts up the Kayanim and the Arain flies across the Yardin with the Kayanim holding on. And it says that because of this, Uzo was punished. When David tried bringing the Arain to Yerushalayim, and the first attempt was a failure. And Uzzah, the Orin had been in the house of Avinodov Bagiva for 20 years. And Uzzah was one of his sons. And he was looking after the Orin. And David had prepared a wagon to put the Orin on, which was a mistake. And the Orin flew out of the wagon. It actually mentioned in Mepharshim that the Orin was not falling. It just was getting out of the wagon, but going horizontally out of the wagon at the same level. It was not coming down. Uzo sees the Orin out of the wagon and he right away thinks gravity is going to bring it to the ground. And Uzo went and grabbed the Orin and Uzo died on the spot. And David was very upset about that. 
So Uzo is punished because he should have said, he should have known that if by the, on the splitting of the Yardin on Yudnissim, the Orin flow across the Yardin, certainly if it carries the and carried the Kainim across, if it was able to carry those who carried it, certainly it could cap, carry itself. The Orin also helped with the capture of Yerichai because the Kainim surrounded Yerichai each day at one time and on the, and seven times on the seventh day, there was the one occasion that the B'nai Eili took the Orin to war, and then the Orin was captured. Now, when the B'nai Eili took the Orin to war, it's quite clear that that was the Orin which had the Luchis in it, and that was not right. Now, what about which Orin usually did go to war? So there's a Rashi in Parshas Akev, where over there in Parshas Akev, it speaks about making an Orin, and Ashi learns that there was an orring that Maisha made before going up to get the second Luchos. Because when Maisha brought the Luchos down, he needed, Maisha had an orring right away before going up for the second Luchos. And that orring of Maisha Rabbeinu, which later was replaced, that orring was later used for the Shivrei HaLuchos, according to Rashi. And that is the orring that regularly went to war. And that was fine. But Eli HaKain's sons, they took the main orin, and for that they were punished. Rashi says, At the end of 40 days, Hashem appeased with me, and he said, Carve out new uh, Make yourself an orin. I made the orin first, says Moshe. Why did I make the orin first? When I come down the mountain, and I have luchos in my hand, where will I put them? Then Rashi goes on to tell us in Parshas Ekev, the Oroin that Moshe Rabbeinu made in Parshas Ekev, says Rashi, is not the same Oroin that Betzalel made. They didn't start in the Mishkan until after Yom Kippur. When Moshe came down the mountain, he gave instructions about making the Mishkan. And B'Tzalel made a, first the Mishkan and then the Orin. This Orin is a different Orin. So according to Rashi, there are two Orins. There's the Orin with the broken Luchais which was made by Moshe Rabbeinu, which regularly went to war. And then there's the main Orin, which is made by B'Tzalel, which you're not allowed to take to war. This Orin of Moshe Rabbeinu with the broken Luchas would go to war. That one did not go to war. Only in the days of Eilim, and then Shualim, and they were punished, and Ishman, it was captured. And this is all from Talmud Yerushalmi Shkolim. Now, the Orin was captured by the Plishtim. When the Orin was captured by the Plishtim, which Plishti captured the Orin? It was Goliath. And Shaul, it says that Shaul ran. It says, and it says, Rashi says, that was Shaul, Shechotav, Hamluchis, Miyad, Goliath, HaPlishti. The Ish bin Yaman was Shaul. There was a bit of a tug of war between Shaul and Goliath. Goliath ends up with the Orin, and Shaul ends up with the Luchis. Now, Shoal ran, and there's three versions in Medrash, whether he ran 60 mil. A mil is approximately a kilometer. A mil is 2,000 amis. 
So there's three opinions. If that day uh, the camp was uh, 60 mil, the camp of war was 60 mil from Shiling. So either Shoal ran 60 mil, 60 kilometers approximately, or 120 mil, or 180 mil in one day. We'll soon see. There's three opinions on this. There's Levi, Reb Simon, and Ravnin. Levi says that Shoal ran 60 mil, 60 kilometers approximately. From the battlefront, he ran from the battlefront, he grabbed the Oren. Uh, correction, I take that back. He didn't grab the Oren. He grabbed the Luchos, that's wrong. He did not grab the Oren because Goliath got the Oren. He grabbed the Luchos, correction. So Levi says from the battlefront, he ran. He grabs the Luchos and runs to Shiloh, 60 mil. And Epsimon says he ran 120 mil which is approximately 120 kilometers. When the Oren was captured, Sho was in Shinle. He heard about the capture, he ran to the battlefront, 60 mil, and then he ran back to Shinle. So he ran 120 mil altogether. Ravnin, which is the rabbi say 180 because he was in the battlefront and he went to Shinle. He heard the Oren was captured. He heard the Oren was captured. He right away runs back to the battlefront to get the Oren. He didn't get the Oren. He manages to get the Luchais. Runs back to Shiloi, and he does a total of 180 mil because he goes from, um, again, Shiloi to the battlefront. The battlefront, he runs back to Shiloi, and then, again, one second, the battlefront to Shiloi, he hears the Oren was captured, goes back to the battlefront to get the iron and then runs back to Shiloh to bring it, which was a total of 180 mil or kilometers that day. Now, Shoal grabs the Luchais from Goliath Haplishti. Shoal comes to Shiloh with ripped garments, earth on his head, and Shoal reports to Eli HaKoyin. Eli HaKoyin is the Koyin Godel, the Shoifet, he's one of the 48 Nevi'im, and Shoal reports to him about the capture of the iron. When Eli HaKoyin, who was the Koyin Godel, the Novi, the Shoifet, and he heard about the Oren being captured, he was 98 years old at the time when he heard about the capture of the Oren. And he also, he was told meanwhile that um, his two sons, Chofni and Pinchas died. So Eli died at age 98, he fell backwards and he died on the spot. The wife, of Pinchas ben Eli. Eli had two sons, Chafni and Pinchas. The wife of Pinchas died in childbirth after she named her son Ikovid. There's no covid for the Jewish people because there's no covid for the Jewish people because the Oren was taken. And um, she's called Ikovid. Now the Oren was taken by the Plishtim and was in the land of Plishtim for seven months. It's actually mentioned in Medrash Rabba that the seven months that the Plishtim held the Oren was a punishment for the seven sheep that Avraham gave to Abimelech in Parsha Vayera. There's a story that Avraham makes a treaty with Abimelech and he says, Ki yes seven sheep you will take from my hand 
that there should be an aid, witness, and according to the Medrash Rabba, giving these seven sheep to the Plishtim to Avimelech was a terrible mistake, and there are four punishments for it. One of them is that for the seven sheep, the Aroin. One of them is that it's um, the Aroin is an added Plishtim for seven months as a punishment for the seven sheep that Avraham gave Tavimelech. Now, there's an amazing medrash in Bereshis Rabbah about these seven sheep. There's an amazing medrash Rabbah about these seven sheep. The first, the medrash brings a posset, Vayikach Avraham Tsoinu Vokar Vayitain Avimelech. Avraham took sheep and cattle and gave Avimelech, but there were seven sheep away from the others. What is the significance of these seven sheep? And Avram tells him these seven, seven sheep are a witness that I dug this well. So now we have the Medrash tells us four terrible punishments that the Jewish people got because Avraham gave these seven sheep to Avimelech as a peace treaty. Omar Lloyd, which the Mefarshim on the Medrash struggled to understand what did he do so terrible. Avimelech is the powerful king and it's good to be at peace. And Avram is a rich man, so he gave the guy seven sheep. Big deal. What's the, why are you making such a big deal? Four meanings, four opinions in the Medrash as to what is the punishment for the seven sheep that Avram gives to Avimelech. Hashem tells Avram, you gave the Plishtim seven sheep, which I didn't want. I swear by your life. I will delay the joy of your descendants by seven generations. You will wait seven generations to have a base Hamikdosh, which we will soon see Mefarshim on this delay of seven generations. Aton, second opinion. You gave seven sheep without my desire against my will. I swear by your life. The Plishtim will end up killing seven righteous people, which are Chofni and Pinchas, the sons of Eli, Shimshain, the famous Shimshon Agimor, and Shol and Shlesh's bond of Shol and his three sons. So seven Sadikim were killed by the Plishtim. A third explanation the Medrash Rabbah still brings as to why the punishment for the seven. Hashem tells Avraham, You gave Avimelech seven sheep against my will. There will be seven dwellings of Hashem, seven Mishkonis which were destroyed, which means it doesn't mean they were all destroyed. They're obviously not all destroyed, but the Orin had to move. The Orin and the Mishkan had to do seven shifts. First, it was number one in Ayomaya, then in Gilgal for 14 years, then number three in Naiv, number four in Giving, number five in Shilai, number six, the base in Lomim Train, the first base in Mikdash, and number seven, the seven, the second base in Mikdash. So again, so seven dwelling places of Hashem were dismantled or destroyed because of the seven sheep that Avram gave Avimelech. A fourth opinion. 
still in the Medrash Rabbah, you gave Avimelech seven sheep against my will, Kineget Cain, because of this, my Arain will hang around the land of Plishtim for seven months. That's what the Pasuk says, and his strength was taken in Lashvi to captivity, that's the Arain Abris. And there's a Pasuk in Shmuel, the Arain was by the Plishtim for seven months. This is the meaning of the Pasuk in Tehillim. Uh, he gave he gave for captivity his strength and his beauty in the hand of the enemy. So that refers to the Yarin that was taken for seven months. As it says, what does that refer to? A big day as you say. You'll see, so big day kodesh you make big day kodesh for honor and for beauty. Now, there is one of the commentaries on the medrash is known as the Efeit Toyer, and he goes on this medrash and he says, Shevak Fosis Belir Itzaini. This medrash is very upset. How dare Avraham give seven sheep to Abimelech? Also, the Tana de Veilio, Chayshev Zayis Lechet. So, both in the Medrash Rabbo and the Tana de Veilio seem to look at the seven sheep that Avram gave Avimelech as quite terrible, many consequences. We said seven Sadikim died, seven Mishkanais. Don't call again. So, we say that seven Mishkanais were destroyed. Seven months in the Tlishtim, seven Sadikim were killed, seven generations delay on the base of Mikdosh, all for the seven sheep. So Tanadavay and Liyahu and Medrash Rabbah both look at the seven sheep as a very negative thing. So what is the negative thing? He says, why Abraham made a covenant with Abimelech, even though Abimelech wants to be at peace. We don't have to be at war. And he didn't want to push him away, but still he doesn't have to swear. It would be, and if he doesn't have to swear, he could swear without a crisis, but he doesn't have to give gifts with it. And he says, Karev Yaisar Lamer is more likely to say that Kitrug is why did Avram just make peace with Abimelech and swear and make a covenant? He should have asked Hashem what he should do. The next Yafaytayar, he says, the Madrish says that because of these seven sheep, the base Hamikdush is delayed, Shiva Dairi, seven generations. Now, um, the Fetayr has a question. This that the Yidden were in Mitzrayim, there was a decree. There was a decree in the Brisbane Absarim, Babvadim that you'll be exiled for 400 years. So it's not because of the, what you gave the Plishtim. Even when you had uh, the, the biggest Sadi, the Orin was going to be there seven generations. He says, The delay did not come from the Plishtim. It was because of a decree of Brisbane Absalom of 400 years. After Lamer, we can say, that the Bnei Ephraim went out 30 years before everybody else. And they fell in the hands of Plishtim because they didn't keep the case. They didn't wait till the time of redemption. And because of these seven sheep, that's why there was a decree that the Eden should fall in the hands of the Plishtim, 
if they don't wait seven generations, they should have waited the seven generations, even though there was already a decree of enslavement of 400 years in Brisbane, Absalom. So that could have been from the birth of Yitzchak. Yeah, that could have been from the birth of Yitzchak, but now it would count from the Brisbane Absalom. It's also mentioned in Medrash that this was the mistake of the Bnei Ephraim who left uh, 30 years early because they calculated from the Brisbane Absalom. Then the Yefei um, Tayar goes on to say that maybe otherwise Hashem would have taken him from Mitzrayim straight to Canaan and they wouldn't have had all the sins of the Miraglim. And because of this sin, they had the sin of the Miraglim and that caused that they should have to be 40 years in the desert. One more comment from this Yefei Tayar. He said, oh, Actually, the next Yefei Tayar is on the next piece. We should first go on in the Medrash. And the Medrash goes on to say, The Plishtim put the Arain on a new cow with a wagon, and the cows brought the Arain to Beishemesh. And the people of Beishemesh had a plague, and they died, and some 50-something thousand people died. Why was there such a plague in Beishemesh? They were being disrespectful. They were ridiculing the Arim. They were saying, who upset you? Why'd you leave? Why'd you come back? And they were speaking disrespectful to the Arim. Omar HaKadosh Baruch Hashem said, If one of them would have lost a chicken, it would work to get it back. To bring it back. My Arin is with the Plishtim for seven months. You don't take interest in it. If you don't take interest in my Arin, you guys didn't make any attempt to get the Arin back. Hashem says, I'll look after it. As it says, Hashem saved the Arin with his right hand, with his holy arm, which the Mepharshim explained that Hashem, um, without any initiation on the behalf of the Jewish people, Hashem gave plagues to the Plishtim, which made them give back the Arim. This idea that Hashem made the Plishtim give back the Arim, Hadod, this is the meaning of the Pesach that says that the Plishtim took pregnant nursing, nursing cows <clears throat> And the cows went directly towards, and it's Yisrael, towards Beis Shemesh. And it says, Vayisharno haparais baderech. Now, what is the word Vayisharno? What is the shayrish of the word Vayisharno? So it has multiple sharashim. First of all, the word Vayisharno is from the word Yashar, straight. Mahalfais biyashas, they went straight. Or they went with their, they didn't want to, the cows went. The cows were facing the Arim. Normally a cow leaves a wagon, the cow walks with its back to the wagon. But here he went with his front to the wagon. The cows didn't want to turn their back to the Arim. And that's what it says, they went straight. Then we say, the cows, they sang a song with their words, with their mouth. 
you were able to hear words. What is this shita? The cows, we just had a few weeks ago in Chumash about Bilam's donkey talking. Here we have the cows sing a song. What song did they sing? The mayor says, Shiras Hayamam. It was time to see. It says here, Halich Vigoy. It says over there, Kigoy Go. So Goy Go is very great. Halich Vigoy is crying that the cows were crying. Rabbi Yechanamar. Shirum Hashem Shir Chodesh. Sing for Hashem a nice song. So the and that is the mizmor. That's what the cows sang. Rabbi Lazar says they said Hashem The Rabbanon say they said Hashem Malach Tagen Loritz. Rabbi Yirmi Rishem Rishvobar Ayitzchok says Tlas Shiru Hashem Shir Chodesh. There's three chapters in Tilim of Shiru Hashem Shir Chodesh. One in Sadik Vav, one in Sadik Tes. Yep. Then we have. The one that says Hashem Molach Yerzuam. Tona Elio Elio says that what they said was as follows. There's a whole song they said, which we're just going to first say the words which are big, and then we'll see what the Mefarshim translate. There, there was a words were specially made by the cows for the occasion. That's the uh, words, but what does all that mean? So we say, the shita, the orin made of atzi shitim should be lifted up. His wave, wave yourself, lift yourself. With the great way, you are made from such great paid with such greatness. As it says, it's also you're made with such craftsmanship, with rikmezov coated with gold. It has the dvir armor in the sefer Torah. Yep. So Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachman says, look how he had to teach the Levim how to sing. The Levim to get them to sing was very difficult. Some of the Levim were more musical, some less. They had to learn the words. It wasn't an easy task. And look at the cows. The cows sang no problem. The Levim struggled to get the song right. The cows, the cows had no trouble singing. And they sang good songs with many, many words. To you cows who worked so hard to do the right thing. Now the Plishtim, the Plishtim brought the Aryan first to a town called Ashdod. Over there, they made it, they put it in their Avedazara by base Dogoin, next to Dogoin, which is an idol in the shape of a fish. The next morning, they found the idol called Dogoin had fallen to the ground. They put the Plishtim, the Aryan, the Dogoin back in place. The next morning, they found Dogoin, which is some Avedazara, the shape of a fish. His head and his hands were cut and laying on the doorstep. The city of Ashtoid now was struck with a plague of Tichayrim. What is Tichayrim? Mice crawling into the backside and pulling out their insides. The people of um, Ashtoid don't want the urine anymore. They sent the urine to Gas. No, but everybody, oh, unlike Ashtoid, where some people were struck, in Gas, every single resident of Gas is stuck. 
with this is struck with this sickness called Tehidim, which is mice crawling into their backsides and pulling out their insides. Now the Arin is sent to Ekron, the residents of Ekron refuse to accept the Arin, the Plishtim are in trouble. So they decide that they're gonna return the Arin. The Plishtim are struck with Muhumas Mavis, there's loud thunders that is causing the death of many people. The Saturday Plishtim call a meeting on how to send the Arin back. They decide to send the Arin with five golden Tehidim, which are backsides because the miracle happened that the mice went into the backsides and five golden mice, which and the number five represents the five Sarnay Plishtim. Yep. The Arin was sent back on a wagon led by two nursing cows whose calves were taken away. And by Yisharno Hapores, the cows went straight. They sang that Ashi brings by Yisharno. This word is an androgynous. We have every word in Hebrew, unlike English, where we have humans and animals are masculine and feminine. In Hebrew and many other languages, every word is either masculine or feminine. So the word Vayisharna is not masculine, not feminine. Because to say it masculine, they sang, it should be Vayoshiru. To say it in feminine, it should be Vatisharna. It's an unusual word. Vayisharna is not grammatically correct. So it says in Rashi, this word is an androgynous. An androgynous is a creation, a human, an animal that's halfway male, be, between male and female. And similarly, this word Vayisharna is a word that's an androgyn. It's halfway male and female. What do we learn from it? The cows and the calves both sang Shira. And that's why it says by Yisharna, half Zohar, half Nekeva. The Nunhe, which is Nekeva, refers to the cows. And the Vav Yud Shin, which is Zohar, refers to the babies. Yeah, the cows were crying, were also crying. We say that ki goi go, they were crying. The cows went straight to Beislechem. Now, what song did the cows sing? We have the four opinions, which we said already. The cows brought the Ari to Beishemesh. The Jews of Beishemesh were disrespectful to the Ari. They said, who upset you that you left and who appeased you that you came back? The Ari is now brought to the house of Avinodav and stays there for 20 years. David escapes from Shaul, meanwhile, and he runs to Shmuel and Roma and they work on the exact location of the base Hamikdash. It says that Shmuel and David in that one night, they learned so much an amount of Torah that would take the regular person a hundred years to learn. And the goal of this year was how to, to put together the base Hamikdash. Shmuel gave David a Megillah, which has, yeah. A Shmuel gave David a Megillah, which has all the details of the future, future base Hamikdash. This Megillah, this scroll causes the jealousy of Doyeg Ha'adoyimi. Now, um, in the days of David, they captured Yavus, was an area of Yerushalayim which had Yavusi, descendants of Abimelech. The delay of Yavus was captured because of the oath they made with Abimelech, and there were still some grandsons of Abimelech alive. It says, You won't lie to me, my son, or my grandson. So Hashem gave that Avimelech grandson lived hundreds of years. After David captures Yavus, he decides to bring the Oren from Kiryas Yadim to Yerushalayim. David forgets the Hanloch and puts the Oren on a new wagon. The Oren throws the Kainim into the air and throws him to the ground. David is stuck. He asks Achitofel for advice. 
Achitoifel was a brilliant man. His advice would always match the Yorim Betumim. Achitoifel says with Ruch HaKadosh. Yeah, that Achitoifel, whatever David and Shmuel put together the Megillah Habayas, a scroll on the base Hamikdash, Achitoifel got all that information with Ruch HaKadosh. Now David gave smicha to 90,000 people in one day, but didn't give smicha to Achitoifel. He was more brilliant than all of them. But Achitoifel was lacking in Yiddish Shemayim, and David didn't want him to have smicha. Achitoifel refuses to advise David. David asks him about the issue with the orange going up and down. Yeah. David refuses to, Achitoifel refuses to advise David. He says, David, go to one of the 90. You just gave smicha to 90,000 people. Go to one of them. David, of course, feels that Achitoifel knows better. But David put a curse on the one who knows and refuses to advise. That person to be strangled. Achitoifel advises David. But later, the curse is fulfilled anyway. Hashem rebukes Achitoifel for not saying what the Pusik says clearly, that the plague came because he put it on a wagon. David's curse is fulfilled in the days of Afsholim, that Achitoifel instigated the rebellion of Afsholim, and he ended up committing suicide at age 33. Another version why David cursed Achitoifel. When David dug the foundations of the Basemictus, the deep underground waters, yet we're about to flood the entire world. Achitoifel was hoping that David would die and he would become the king. Uzzah and Achia led the Yarein. Uzzah tried to grab the Yarein. Uzzah was punished. David is afraid from the Yarein. Yeah. Okay. It's already. We'll leave it at this, so we'll stop here. If there's any questions from anybody, you're welcome to ask. We're going to have two more weeks where we're going to cover the base Hamikdosh. And I'm just going to stop the share. And then anyone has any questions or comments, please ask.